Hello, hello, hello. This is Self-Discovery with Survivor and Power Life Coach Financial. I am your Osalicia. I'm a certified life coach. I'm an accountant. I am certified in Connecticut to assist with individual in active domestic violence situation and sexual assault. I am a survivor of domestic violence myself. Self-discovery is here to assist survivors in rediscovering themselves. Through my podcast with Relevant Topic, where we discuss how, why, and solution by talking to survivors and talking to other individuals who work in that area and assist people to move forward. So before we start tonight, I would like you to get your pen, pencil, notebook, and write down whatever resonates with you. Tonight, we have a guest. She will be anonymous, but she's a wonderful woman. And she's going to share her story with you. And so, as usual, um, just listen. Because you might have a friend that's in that situation. What this does is open your eyes to show you that these situations come in a variety. And you never know. You, a loved one, family, friends might be there. And one of the things I want everyone to take away from these interviews that I have, be patient with yourself, be patient with your friends. That's the best you can do for somebody is listen, not judge. It's very important. So let's not take any further. Yay, my anonymous friend. You have the floor. (laughs) So years ago, I met this man when I was out dancing with my friends. And he was very charming and handsome and charismatic. And I was a very insecure girl. I have uh, three older siblings and um, I'm the only girl. And I think that uh, there was just something about him that was very appealing because I was always watched over and protected in my family, which was a good thing. Um... And when we started dating, it was nice. Everything was all, you know, that whole honeymoon phase they talk about. And they, um, you know, they take you out to dinner and you go out and have, you know, nice time and whatnot. And then all of a sudden one day you go to wear an outfit and they say, you can't wear that outfit. And you're like, why not? And they're like, you can't wear that outfit. You look too nice in that outfit. You're like, what is that supposed to mean? And the control starts. Mm-hmm. gradually but you think because they are so in love with you that they're right and in my mindset I always thought he was right because I didn't have enough confidence in myself at that time and I was young I was like 19 years old when this started um, as time went on the control got worse and I still never thought anything of it and then um One night he wanted me to stay at the house because the weather was bad. And I called my parents and they were like, no, we prefer you come home. And he didn't want me to come home. And he got on the phone and started swearing at my father and yelling at him and telling him, you know, uh, she'll do what I say and this, that, and the other thing. And I was like, what, what, wait wait a minute. This, this isn't, this isn't supposed to be happening like this. Why is he trying to control this, this way? And because it was my father, something went off in my head going, whoa, something is not right here. And um, he ended up convincing my father for me to stay there because the weather was bad and, you know, he didn't want to risk driving home. He manipulated him Mm -hmm. into that. Um, But then down the road, uh, as I had said, the control got worse and um, he drank, which I never thought much of, Mm -hmm. but that started progressing as well and um one night we got into an argument I don't even remember what it was because this was many years ago um but we got into an argument about something and he was like drunk out of his mind and I wanted to leave and this was I was in this relationship for eight years so this was probably like you know a couple years into it two three even I don't even remember um exactly and um I wanted to leave and he wouldn't let me leave and I was scared because he always had this 
fear instilled in me somehow, you know, that he was the boss and I had to do what he said. Yeah. And um, as you have said to me mm-hmm. over time, this is how they yeah, try to do this. They piece by piece pull you in. Right. So I he always used to say, but this is because I love you. But this is because I love you. So I mm-hmm. fell into it and I was very naive, obviously. Um, and this chain of events went very badly. I, I won't go into the details because it's, it's very painful for me. But um, uh, this, this chain of events went very badly. I called my dad, asked him um, to come and get me. He came flying in the room, hung the phone up on me and said, you're not going anywhere. Pinned me up against the wall by my throat and said, you're going to do what I say. And that's how it goes. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> uh, he used to always threaten me and tell me that he could snap my neck like a twig. Oh, yes. There we go. Uh, because he was an ex-military person. Yes. And, uh, you know, uh, if, if people drill fear into you enough, you, you just start believing it. Yeah, that, that they're going to do it if you don't do what they say. Yes. So um, I had called my dad and I was pretty upset. And my dad and my brother showed up and uh, words were said and a whole lot more. But I, I really don't want to get into that because it's 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 very, uh, that's a very painful thing. And uh, I don't know if anybody listening would remember it or be somebody that knows me. So I'd rather not. Yes. But um, it was it was a turning point where my family was trying to make me realize how manipulative he was. And I kept saying, but it's because he loves me, you don't understand. And he was manipulating me, telling me, well, if your parents loved you, they would accept me. And he mm. drilled that for yes. a long period of time. Isolation. Well. Isolation right. to pull you away from the loved ones. That's, a, that's that, what And I didn't realize back then that's what you he wouldn't. was doing, but you're exactly right. You wouldn't. So a few other uh, chain of events of abuse occurred. Um, Well, there was a lot of mental abuse in there because he was always manipulating me. And I just never knew it. And then I went to college. And when I went to college, I would go to class. I'd come home and, you know, I'd go over his house after school. And if I wasn't home at a certain time, it was, where were you? What were you doing? What do you mean, where was I? Class ran late. Oh, I don't believe that. Mm. I don't think he liked that I went to school. Because you're going to improve yourself and the possibility he could lose you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And um, I was like, I, I, I could never understand what I was doing wrong. You weren't doing anything wrong. It, you know, you have to remember abusers, and he's not like a narcissist, abusers have insecurity. They have insecurity. And the way for them to feel better is to make you feel lower. So you... Uplifting yourself with education will put you in a different level. And mm-hmm. he can't afford that because then he has, now he has to combat that. And then you've been around other people who you might talk to who might wake you up. So the objective is to always keep you isolated and anyone that's close to you put you against them. Mm-hmm. Is You always have to choose him or them. Him or them. Him and or I them. I always chose him for some godforsaken reason. I always Yes, because did. <laughs> he made you feel... Listen, the fear, even though he scared you, he made you feel safe when he's on your side. Mentally, yeah, you're probably yeah. right. I did Be- a lot of therapy after that relationship. Yeah. Was you had to. Me. You had I to. I did a lot of it. You needed it because you feel... He's, you know, obviously, I get the impression, I could be wrong, that he, would, you know, he gave the impression that he would beat up anybody for you. Anybody mess with you, he would take them on. Mm. But he could also take you on too, and that's the whole point. Mm-hmm. So with a double sword, you know that he's going to protect you because that's the impression he give you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're going to listen to him. And you already been pulled in because it didn't happen overnight. He slowly but surely pull you in. About nine months into this relationship, funny that you said that. Mm-hmm. About nine months into this relationship, he bought me an engagement ring and he proposed to me. Yeah, that's yeah. And he made me feel like a million bucks. I yeah. felt, you know, mm-hmm. oh, this is wonderful. It was like my little fantasy was happening. And um, that ring became a chain around my neck, literally a chain around my neck. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was going to school, I have a very dear friend I've been friends with for many years. She never judged me on any of this. And she always used to say to me, are you sure you're happy? Are you sure you're happy? And she was the only friend he liked of, of, of my friends because she wasn't 
trying to sway me away from him. Mm-hmm. So you're absolutely right about that, Alicia. Absolutely right. Um, and he'll stroll in at five in the morning and wake me up. And I'd be like, what, what, where, where have you been all this time? It took that long to change a tire? Yeah, don't worry about it. Go back to sleep. So I never questioned anything. Mm-hmm. Didn't know he was doing drugs mm-hmm. at all. And then um, somebody told me that he was engaging in that. And I was like, no, that, that, I don't think so. He's just helping people. He's Because he was good with being a you know, mechanic and stuff. He yeah. did a lot of things well with his hands. He mm-hmm. was very savvy like that. And um, another time I went out with my girlfriend and I came home like 10 minutes late. And I had my own apartment by then. Okay. And I was paying all the bills. Mm-hmm. And he was sticking it all up his nose, evidently. As mm-hmm. time went on, I thought, figured that out. And I bought some furniture and, you know, with this not and that, and, you know, and I was paying for things and he was supposed to be helping me with the rent, but then he'd say like, oh, I had to pay this. I had, I, like I said, I never questioned him. And I went out with one of my friends and we got home a few minutes late. And when we got in the door, she's a little tiny thing. When we got in the door, he go, you know, he starts swearing at me and I'm not going to do this on here, but, yeah. you know, saying all these profanities to me and stuff. And he was like, where the hell have you been? You know, you're late. Were you out effing somebody? All this kind of stuff. And my girlfriend was like, what is wrong with you? And she knew him mm-hmm. way before I did. Because mm-hmm. uh, she used to date his brother. Mm-hmm. And she, and he was like, you stay out of it. And and he came at me mm-hmm. like like to, to grab me. And she got in front of him and she said, you lay a hand on her, I will knock you out. And then they started arguing. And then he told her to leave. And I said, listen, please just go. Please just go. I don't want any of this. Please just go. So she left. Now we got in the house and, you know, he's yelling, screaming at me and the whole bit. The neighbors downstairs called the police because he was so loud. Mm -hmm. Then the police come and he's behind me going, don't you dare say anything. Don't you dare. Like, it was like a bad movie. Yeah. You know, and I'm standing there going, what, what, what is wrong with me? You know, I'm starting, things are starting to click now at, Mm -hmm. at, you know, five years in or however many years I've been in this. And, and I questioned myself saying, you know, I I have to do something about this because I was really starting to be scared Mm -hmm. more so than I ever was at this point. And now he's doing drugs. So um, I had brought that up to him one day. I said, you know what? I'm never going to know if I don't ask. So I said to him, I said, oh, I understand, uh, you know, you're dabbling in cocaine. He's like, what are you talking about? I said, well, you're sniffing all the time. You come home late hours of the night night telling me you're doing this. Well, who told you all this? And I said, I just kind of figured it out. Well, you're not smart enough to figure that out. Yeah, I'm smart enough to figure it out. So one thing led to another, and I started, you know, realizing what he was doing with all his money and everything else. And I'm like, why am I working myself to the bone? And he's out partying and having a great time. I found out from one of my friends that he was um, getting mm-hmm. certain things from her mm-hmm. in her in his truck. He'd go visit her, and mm-hmm. she'd take care of him physically. Well, why would she do that? The girl? Yeah. Because the girl was a pig. Not my friend, her oh. sister. My oh, okay. sister. Okay. Yeah. The girl was a pig. She was just a pig. She would do it with anybody. And um, I found out about that. And, you know, so, so all these things started coming to fruition. You know, the drugs and the, you know, uh, uh, not, you know, him spending all his money and being away from me and accusing me of fooling around I would never do that to anybody I've never done that I would never cheat on anybody it's not my nature Mm -hmm. at all and um so I had asked him about these drugs and a couple days later he comes home and he's high as hell I could tell and he was sitting and I had a glass coffee table in my living room and he took a whole big eight ball of coke out plopped it down on the table that's a lot of cocaine I don't know what that means but okay it's it's about the size of uh of uh uh of a small snowball. Oh. Literally. It's, oh, wow. It's a good size. That that would kill you. The oh, my goodness. Kill you. Put it that way. You'd die. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <clears throat> and he spread a whole bunch of it out on the table. <clears throat> and he said to me, you want to know what it's like to get high? And I go, no, I don't. And he grabbed me by the back of my hair and he said, here, come on. You try it. And he tried to smash my face in it. Now, if I wanted to breathe, I would have to inhale it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I just started screaming and, and you know jerked him back and it just went all over the place oh that pissed him off oh I'm sure it did yeah I don't remember that yeah, what exactly happened with it but I was just like freaking out going you know I don't want to do it I don't want to do it That's, I, I never said I wanted to do it 
That's the last thing I want to do. And he was like, well, then don't ever accuse me of doing something unless you know what you're talking about. And I was like, I, it was just all a big disaster. Yeah. Um, um, so I know I'm talking all over the place. Place I apologize. But no, no, don't apologize. It's your story. Listen, it's your story. It's and you story. share it the way you're comfortable sharing it. Okay? okay. Yep. Safe space, no judgment. You do what makes you comfortable in the order you need to make it because it's not about the story. It's the things that take place that people take from it. Mm-hmm. The different things that people can relate to. It doesn't have to be in a particular order. So, um, moving forward with that, uh, he had to kick back on the drugs a little bit because it was getting a little too expensive for him, I guess. And I was getting tired of paying all the bills, obviously, too. And then as time went on, um, my neighbors downstairs started complaining a lot about, you know, the racket and police Mm -hmm. having to come and whatnot. And I think when my lease ended, they didn't renew it. Like I said, I can't remember Mm -hmm. that back that far, but... I think I ended up moving home after that. I, I don't remember exactly, but um, I spent eight years in this in this hell. And as I told you before this podcast started, people said to me, well, why did you do this to yourself? Why did you stay so long? Why this? Why this? Why this? Well, I was terrified. I was terrified. He, he had such a control over me mm-hmm. that I didn't even realize it. And, and as you had said, too, I, I did lose my voice. I stopped saying anything. Just whatever you want, whatever you need, whatever you want to do. And um, even his friends, his family used to say it to me, and his friends used to say it to me, why are you here? Why are you torturing yourself? He's not a good person. He's not going to change. He's killing you slowly. We can see it in you. Mm -hmm. And my own family would talk about it with me, but I think that I felt, and I've thought about this a lot before, when you and I mentioned we were going to do this. I I think somewhere inside myself, I felt like I had to prove to my family that I could stand on my own. Mm -hmm. I was a big girl. I didn't have to be babied or protected. I'm not sure what I was thinking back then, but um, I think somewhere along the line, I I, I just, I, I was torn. And, and, the way that my family approached it was, you know, he's a loser. He's no good. He's this, he's that, he's this, he's that. And make you defensive. And make the other defensive. part would have been, you know what? We really love you. We're looking out for you. We, but I understand their, their anger and their frustration. I get it. Mm-hmm. And when I moved out, as I mentioned earlier, yeah. my parents were devastated. Yes. They were beyond because they were like, well, what happened? What happened here? How did, how did it go from being our little girl to this disaster? How did this disaster even come to play? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and when I got to a point where I started getting up some courage because my friends were like, some people that I knew that knew him as well were like, you need to get out. You need to get out. You need to get out. It's, it's not good. Because uh, one day what's going to happen is you're going to trigger and you're going to end up doing something. It was like that burning bed movie yeah. where after a while you've had enough, you're going to break. Yes. And I started feeling that. And I have a lot of anger about this still. I have a lot of, I have had nightmares about it. I can imagine. You're Years traumatized. Later, you there's PTSD. a lot I'm not saying because some of it's just more painful than I want to say. Yes. But, but the manipulation, the control, um, when he used to go and change those tires Mm -hmm. that he supposedly did or whatever else he supposedly did, he would come home in the middle of the night and, and force me to Mm -hmm. fool around. And I didn't want to fool around. I was trying to sleep. I had to work the next day. So he, you know, he would force me to do that and I would just do it. What's wrong with the program? It's peace. It's just to have peace and safety. You conform to their rules and regulation and they're very particular and, you know, what I think people need to take away from this, and you said it, you start slowly, what they do, they test it. They test drive you when they first get you to see, can I get this person to flex? Can I get them to flex? And the first time you were willing to compromise, not realize it, because you meet your boyfriend, he's nice to you, doing all this good stuff, he asks for something and he's wrong, you're not going to push it and make an argument out of it. 
Mm-hmm. But once he sees that you're willing to be flexible, then said, okay, I'm going to keep doing this. And the objective is one of the things, and I hope, you know, as you continue with your therapy, whenever you do it, just pay attention to the sign because they all have similar signs. They might go about it different, but they all have similar traits. Mm-hmm. And you take what you learn from him, the red flags, and trust your instinct. Trust your intuition. Because your mm-hmm. intuition doesn't lie to you. No, it doesn't. It's your alarm system for fear and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's better to make a decision and move forward and clean it up later than to stay. Your gut instinct will tell you that you're in danger. You just have to really listen to it. Mm-hmm. And once you start feeling comfortable with yourself and start trusting yourself, that voice become louder. Mm-hmm. Because when you're scared, you suppress. You push that voice down. You bottle it away. You push it down. You suppress You try to shut it off. But it's still there. It's always been there. Mm-hmm. And as you become more comfortable, the voice comes up and it gets louder and louder. Oh, and louder than you can it got hear really it. loud. I remember <laughs> one time he was bringing me home to my parents' house, and um, he always drove my cars. Somehow I ended up buying car after car. Uh, he drained me financially, too. Financial abuse. My yes. own fault as well. No, but, no. You know. Stop blaming yourself. There's financial abuse, emotional abuse, mental abuse, physical abuse. Physical abuse is what everybody associates with domestic violence. Financial abuse comes in so many different formats because you can have a job. But they can keep you stuck so you can't leave. They always keep suck you dry. They're always having you buying something, paying for something. That every time you think you can escape because you might have enough money, something comes up and you never have enough money. Mm-hmm. They keep you stranded and trapped financially. So having a job doesn't mean anything. You can make the most money. They'll take it and give you an allowance. I got fired from a job because of them too. Yes. You know, he showed up at my work and made a big scene and yeah. they fired me. Yeah. It was horrible. Yes. And that, and keep you and that keep you. And if you want to be quiet and also embarrassed about people knowing, that's another way to keep you down. Mm-hmm. Because you're not gonna tell anybody. Right. And so if you're not gonna tell anybody, you're not gonna get any help. I also um remember one time he was bringing me home to my parents' house and I don't know if it was my car. I think it was my car. Uh, we had rebuilt the engine on it and everything, and he let me help him, and I thought it was the coolest thing, you know, and this, this car was a really, really powerful car. It flew, and he was driving so fast, I forgot what we, he was arguing with me about something, and he was driving so fast, I thought he was going to kill us, and I tried to open the car door and jump out. Mm-hmm. That's insanity. Who does that? A person who feels they're going <laughs> to die, you rather but put I your was, own... Back then, I didn't think it was stupid. I was just like, I'm no, no. out of this. You're not, know why? Because it's called self-preservation. You don't know what he's going to do, but you know if you jump out, what your chances are. And you'd rather take the chance jumping out, knowing that there's a good chance you'll be alive, versus staying in the car with him, what's going to happen to you. Mm-hmm. Because you're not driving a car. You can't control that. Right. But when you jump out, you, you're controlling the situation by jumping out. Mm-hmm. And it's about for I you. I did make it out. You know? But did he slow down? But yeah, yeah, somewhat. He just grabbed the car door. Like, what are you nuts? Like, well, slow down. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you could never tell him anything. Um, trying to think. Oh, so so uh, when I confronted him about the the cocaine and you know spending all the money and all that stuff, as I was saying earlier, um, he would come home and you know force me to do mm-hmm. that. And there were times I didn't want to do that. And um, one time, what was that? What was that? I don't remember how that came to be, but one time he came home and did that, mm-hmm. and I I was sound asleep, and he just kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. put me where he wanted me, and started going to town, and I'm like, stop, mm-hmm. I'm just not interested, just stop. Well, he wasn't having no for an answer, and that turned into a a a uh, rape and sodomizing situation. Mm-hmm. That tur- that got really ugly. That happened like twice, and I screamed, bloody murder and my neighbor came flying up the stairs and pounding on the door and he was like go away it's none of your business go away it's none of your business go away it's none of your business and she finally went away and and, you know he had his hand over my mouth so I couldn't scream again and just kept going and I'm I'm surprised he didn't like put me in the hospital Mm -hmm. physically for what he was doing to me and and I was like you know what is wrong with you why why won't why are you doing this I like he wouldn't tell me 
And then he kept saying, you're cheating on me. That's why you're not interested in me. Who are you cheating with? And pump harder. Who are you cheating with? And pump harder. And I'm like, what? 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 <laughs> you know, he was the one cheating with yeah. with my friend's sister, yeah. with the with the rendezvous but, in his truck. But that's what they did. But the guilt was, you know, yeah. but I didn't know this then, mm -hmm. I'm telling you. Yeah. I figured it all out as time went on, okay? And I'm thinking to myself, you know, what? who, who does this to somebody they love? So like I said, all these things start happening. And I need to go. I just need to go. Uh, you know, I, I lost a job because of you. I didn't go back to school because of you. I almost lost my entire family because of you. All these things started, like, rushing to me. And I used to go to church with his mom. I loved his family dearly. His family was so great with me. I love, I keep in touch with a few still. Mm -hmm. Love them dearly. And um, I used to go to church with his mom and, and a couple of his siblings. And uh, I, I think that was probably... You know, the only reason why I didn't, like, try to kill him myself, I hate to say that because it's a crazy thought, but believe me, there were times I was that scared. You'd be surprised. It is not crazy at all. A lot of people, um, you'd be surprised. A lot of people think that, and some people act on it. So, you're not alone. So, it's, it's not something I suggest for anyone to do. No, they, no, me neither. Don't take the law in Trust your own me. hands. But as time went on, now I'm starting to wake up mm -hmm. and I'm starting to get like these, these, these thoughts in my head. And I'm like, I gotta go. I gotta go. Mind you now, this is the clincher. Um, I started at 19. I ended this eight years later. Mm -hmm. uh, and like I said, in the beginning, it wasn't all bad. It was a slow process, mm -hmm. as you had said. And then... You know, it was highs and lows, highs and lows. And I, I was just like, I am a much stronger person than I was back then. A lot of years later, mm -hmm. I um, never lost my voice again. I would never let anybody manipulate me like that. And when I tried to go out and date again mm -hmm. after all this was said and done, I was like a nervous wreck. I can Grossly imagine. insecure still. I can imagine. You know, because I was like... Um, well, let me rewind a little bit. So, so what had happened was um, something very important to me was coming up. And um, um, it was somebody's wedding. And he told me I couldn't go without him. And I was like, guess what? I'm going. Mm -hmm. No, you're not. Yes, I am. And as I said, he's not used to this now. I'm yeah. starting to speak up for myself for the past, like, two years of this. And he's like... I don't get this, you know, where's this coming from? And I was like, I, I'm done. I, I, I'm not going to listen to what you're telling me. I'm going to this wedding and you are not welcome to it. I'm sorry. You're not, they don't want you there. And, um, uh, he was like, well, you know, they don't want me there because they don't, they don't care for me. What does that say about you? Um, and, and you don't love me if you go and mm -hmm. all this. And I'm like, you know what? This is such a crock of crap. I, this is such bull. And I wasn't missing this. This was a very important person in my life. I wasn't missing their wedding. I wasn't missing it no matter what. So um, I broke up with him. I got home from work one day. I went over to the house and I said, look, I, I can't do this anymore. I can't. You've almost destroyed my life and my sanity and my physical being. I I'm done. Who's been talking to you? What, yeah, yeah, no, 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 you're not going anywhere. Yeah, I am. Watch me. No, you're not. Yeah, I am. I'm telling you, I'm done with this. And I told you, I woke up one day and something hit me and I said, I, I, I can't, I can't, I've lost enough. And I don't, and some of it took a long time to repair with family and other things. And, and, and I'm not uh, doing it again. Kudos, 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 kudos. I'm happy. I'm happy. And so... Mm -hmm. What ended up happening when I told him all this was mm -hmm. he looked at me and he said, who's ever going to want you? And I was like, excuse me? He's like, who's ever going to want you? You've been with me all these years and you're all used up and, you know, you're no good and you're this and you're that. Trying to rip me apart. And I'm like, you know what? Have a nice day. And I left. Mm -hmm. And I made a stance and I left. That person called my home for a good nine months off and on begging for forgiveness mm -hmm. and begging me to come back 
There's a lot of stuff I didn't say because it, it, it's okay. kind of deep-rooted and private. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, there's some traumatic things that happened in that relationship, too, that, um, you know, helped me to come to this conclusion yes. as well. And um, I will never forget him saying that to me. And I was like, are you crazy? You know, I I'm done. So this wedding happened, and I informed the people, and... They had somebody keeping watch. Mm -hmm. Nothing ever happened. Okay, he made threats that something would happen if I went. Nothing ever happened. It was mm -hmm. all wind and smoke. Now, years later, this is the piece de resistance of my story. Years later, I'm out with a couple people, and we're having a couple of cocktails, listening to a, a, a DJ, and I love to dance, and mm -hmm. having a good old time for ourselves. And all of a sudden, I look over, and I turned white as a ghost. Jesus. And my friend says to me, are you okay? And they turned their head and they went. And they looked back at me. And it was my friend and, and her husband. Mm -hmm. And her husband says to me, I'll kill him. I will kill him if he comes over here. Because he knew the history. Mm -hmm. And I, like, I was like, look, I, I don't want any violence. I don't want any problems. Nothing. Mm -hmm. I'm closing this door for good tonight. I'm getting my closure finally because I had never seen him in a very long time mm -hmm. and um, I went up to the bar did a couple of shots mm -hmm. a little liquid courage <laughs> and I said called him over took him outside in the, the you know away mm -hmm. from the music I pinned him right up against the wall and I stood right in his face and I said you know it's been a long time since I've seen that face and he goes yeah so nice to see you I go this is not kindness here I said I'm going to tell you something right now I said you almost ruined my relationship with my all my friends my family you know uh, other things that yeah. I did not mention that he was aware of mm -hmm. I said and I had to take my life back and I had to get away from you because I, I would have died or you would have that's about what would have happened mm -hmm. in time I said so guess what I said, I'm telling you these things because I need to get closure on this. I said, and you might have loved me, so you said, but you had a hell of a way to show it. I said, and I'm better than ever these days. I said, it cost me a lot of therapy and a lot of soul searching. I said, but no one ever treated me that way again. I would never allow anybody to treat me that way ever again. Thank I God. said, and shame on you that you could live with yourself for what you did to me. And do you want to know what he did? What? He stood there crying his eyes out mm -hmm. and apologizing to me. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for the way I treated you. You deserve so much better than me. I was a loser back then. I I, I apologize for everything that ever happened. And, and he, he literally, I am not joking mm -hmm. with you, had tears streaming down his face. And I have to tell you, I'm not a vindictive person, mm -hmm. but it was the best feeling in the world to just let go <laughs> of all that stuff and say what I had to say to him and not be afraid anymore. Kudos. It was wonderful. Kudos. Kudos. It is so empowering when oh, you get was. your voice and be it able was. to say what you actually feel, not being concerned about what they're going to do to you. Mm -hmm. And we all get there at different time and different place. But first, you, you have to find that voice back after losing it. Mm -hmm. And congratulations. Thank and I'm you. happy. You know, it's and not easy. And I went easy. back to the table. Mm -hmm. And my friends were like, are you okay? And I had a smile as big as the sky across my face. What a weight and they off were like, your shoulder. I guess you handled it. I'm like, yep, I'm good. Yay. And that was the best day of my life. <laughs> Almost. Yes. yes. So. Congratulations again. Thank, Thank you. you so much for sharing it. Thank and I you. know it wasn't easy. And for anyone who's listening to this, you know, be mindful. If it triggers you, you know, you shut it off and listen to other episodes in there. But definitely, I appreciate you sharing. And Thank you. I know it's traumatic. And, you know, the one thing about when you've been in a domestic sexual assault situation, time supposedly heal all wound. But what it do, what time does is help you to live with it, but it doesn't go anywhere. 
no, you remember it. No. It'll always be deep inside. Yeah, yes. I and, agree. Yes, and every time you talk about it, it's always like it's just happening. Mm-hmm. And all I can say, because I've been there, all I can say to help you with that, the fact that you're here to talk about it. Give yourself, always give yourself grace and credit. I couldn't have done this 10 years ago even, or 15 years ago, or 20 years ago. I could never do it. Yeah, but every day get better. Yeah. Give yourself grace. Give yourself grace. I mean, I'm talking to a whole Mm -hmm. public. I could never do that before. Yeah, but give yourself grace. We sometimes forget to give ourselves grace. We give other people so much patience, so much, not just other friends in general, when our friends are going through that, we give them so much empathy, we mm-hmm. give them so much kindness, we give them so much grace, we give them so much love. Give yourself all of that. Give yourself the same thing you would accommodate a friend who's going through it. Yeah, I had to learn to do that. I had to learn to uh, forgive myself for what I did uh, to my family and to my friends and to myself. Yeah. And just say, can only move forward. Yes. Never look back yes. or go back. And don't blame yourself. Nobody in the world comes in this world you wouldn't be able to pull in. Because there's a lot of people, if their house is chaotic and abusive, they get drawn to that situation and yeah, they wouldn't I come out. I didn't have that at my home ever. Yes. So you said some friends say, so yeah. it was so unnormal for you that you constantly kept checking in. You constantly kept checking yourself because... This is not the norm. This is not what I'm accustomed to. You know what love actually is. Based on your parents, your siblings, it doesn't but look like this. after a while, this. they wear you down. And, yeah. and you start thinking, maybe this is how it's supposed to be. Yeah. This was my first serious boyfriend, too. Yeah. But he did a good job. And because he took a good, he took a good shot at Yeah. But keep in mind, give that. yourself credit. Because you never lost the foundation of your parents. That's why you were saying... You kept mm-hmm. saying, this, does, this doesn't seem right. This doesn't... Yeah. Look. You know why? Because you had something to check to balance it against. You had something mm-hmm. to compare it with. Your parents and your family support when you were younger. They gave you the foundation. You know, we all detour at times in our life. And we right. usually come back on track. Mm-hmm. And when you have good, solid foundation... Oh, thank God. That's what that. brought you back in. Because mm-hmm. I listened to you and you kept saying... You kept saying, no... And what you're doing, you're trying, no, this not, is not what I'm accustomed to. This doesn't feel right. Your intuition is telling you, based on your life that you had with your family, that's not what love looked like. Mm-hmm. That's well, well, not, then why did I yeah. put up with that for eight years? Because the attention. I swore it was no, fear. <laughs> it's fear. It is fear. It's Serious fear and manipulation. manipulation. Yeah. It's fear, manipulation, self-doubt. He beat you down and made you feel less than. You didn't feel oh, worthy. Yeah. And that's what they do. And it's a process of psychological breakdown. It's, it's believe me, it's a very intense process. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's so when people ask why, it is so complex to explain. It's not just one thing. It's a combination of things over a period of time kept layering and layering and layering yes. on top. And, and, and as they layer, yes, as they layer and they're pushing you down. Mm-hmm. They keep pushing and they, they keep tearing you. It's like they're tearing you down. They're pulling you apart. Mm-hmm. So when you finally get there, and self-preservation, when you get, you know, people sometimes have to hit rock bottom, and rock bottom doesn't mean physical, it could be emotionally rock oh, bottom. Oh, I hit rock bottom. That's what I think made me yes. suddenly say, whoa, okay, Felt, I, and, I can't do this yes. anymore. I got to go. Your self-preservation, yeah. the, the, the self-preservation, the desire to live, strive, and move forward. You want to live so bad, you can't take it anymore. That give you the voice to start advocating for mm-hmm. yourself to get out. So sometimes we go through these changes and it's okay. So make sure you always think about the fact that you did a great job. You got out. It, it, it was very hard to go home, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, sometimes I would be reminded of things that had happened, which was kind of unfair. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, when you hurt people, sometimes they need to remind you yes yeah. that's, that's I don't know that they do it maliciously but sometimes people need to remind you to make you remember why you're back yeah but I don't I I never like to dwell on the past it's no. not healthy no it's too much but baggage. I've over been an overthinker for many years 
and um, I was insecure in my future relationships for a period of time about myself. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people who know me now and didn't know me then mm-hmm. may not appreciate what I'm going to say, but people that, you know, people that knew me back then all the way to now see that, you know, I can be kind of, you know, cocky almost. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm a little guarded. Mm-hmm. And I and I, I I'm still the soft, warm person I am, but my exterior has gotten tougher, because I will never let anybody rip me down like that ever again, ever. Mm-hmm. I'm not a mean person. Uh, anger is something that you, you have to channel. I I when I started this, I said you know that it brings out anger in me. It does, mm-hmm. but it also brings out a lot of pain. And and I and I look at myself and I say. You have come so far from that. Yes. You know what I mean? And and that's huge. I have yes. I have gone on. I got married. I have beautiful children. Yes. You know, um that marriage had a lot of dysfunction. Not like yes. that caliper at all. It it was, you know, um he had some issues he needed to figure out and over time it just didn't work out. That's mm-hmm. um that's okay and you know we're friends we're civil and my kids are amazing and I went on to marry again Mm -hmm. and that person sometimes uh can can be a little manipulative Mm -hmm. with trying to argue but I stand my own ground I don't allow anything else good good and I don't think sometimes he can handle that because when he was married before she was nothing like that. And I think that he forgets, you know what? <laughs> I'm not her. Yes. So sometimes we have had in the past issues with, you know, with that kind of thing. And I think that stems back to lack of tolerance. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know I what I mean? Lack of, of negative tolerance. Yeah. I, I, I just won't. I won't. I won't do it. And and I, I just, you know, cheating, zero tolerance for that too. Good. When, when when that person way back, mm-hmm. when I found all that out, I should have left right then and there. I should have left right then and there. But I allowed that to keep going on, unbeknownst to me, and never did anything about it. Because what could I do? He was going to do what he wanted to do. I never did anything. You know, I never went outside mm-hmm. the box, so to speak. I would never do that. But um, I always wondered why I allowed so so many things to go on. And why I just didn't why? say Because you wanted goodbye. your relationship to work. And you felt, and I could be wrong, I'm just listening to you from what I gather. You want the relationship to work. You put so much in it and you gave up so much for it that you were so deep in it. You were looking at the time you vested, the ties you cut off to be with this person. And you figured, let me keep adjusting myself so he will be happy, so things will work out. Mm. But you were you were adjusting. You are adjusting yourself, and adjusting yourself mean that you're belittling yourself. You're taking away your self esteem, your confidence. And as you adjust, then you figure, what is wrong with me? Why he's doing these things? Because I am making changes mm-hmm. to accommodate. That never had anything to do with you. Yeah, all the things he did, it wasn't about you. Yeah, sadly, there was right. nothing wrong with you. He you're just right. wanted to control. <laughs> You yeah, want you wanted, wanted to be his world, mm-hmm. and when you're in his world, you operate the way his world works. So, once again, give yourself grace. Never look back and beat yourself up. Just say, "Wow, I got through it." Always remind yourself. Mm-hmm. Always pat yourself. Never like, "Why did I stay so long?" No, I got out. Mm-hmm. As There's long as end. I got out, that was what mattered. Yes. Never look back. Why you stayed? Because that will drive you crazy. It used to. To try to break down why you stay. Because it's not one answer. It's not two answer. It's not one situation. It's, it, it took time for you to get there, to get in that trench. And the time the time it took you to get in, you had to take that same time to get back out. Mm-hmm. If it take you two to get in, it's going to take you two plus to get out. So, yeah. Don't worry about why you stayed. Remind yourself... Well, I don't think that now, yeah. but when that happened, you know, when I left, yeah. you know, don't and finally cut my ties yes. and whatnot, and, and, I, and I went to therapy because I was, having, I was having the most 
horrific anxiety attacks. I can imagine. From this, I was having nightmares. Yes. And and just the whole trauma of. I'm not saying anybody should feel sorry for me. Please don't think that. But no, no, no. It's not about sorry. It's about understanding, it. empathy, but, empathy, yeah. empathy. Not sorry. It's I about was, empathy. I was, I was a mess, and my therapist said to me, "Listen, you didn't do anything but yes. what he wanted you to do." See. And you know. He knew just how to control it yes. because you were an easy target for that. Yeah. And then, ironically, I found out from somebody that he ended up marrying somebody down the road of a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And um, this was a relative of his that told me this. And, and I cried so hard for this poor woman. Mm-hmm. He just beat her all the time. Oh, wow. And I was like, he did enough crazy things to me. He never did that. Mm-hmm. Thank you, God. But, I mean, he, you know, he tried to strangle me a few times and suffocate me, a couple other fun things, you know, but, but he never did that, at least. I, I'm grateful to God well, the for thing that. About people like him, their, their attitude, so they escalate. I saw. Them, but he es- they escalate. Mm-hmm. Their behavior escalate. Yep. And so I'm and so glad. And then she got away from him, yes. I, I think. Yeah, I think they divorced. Good. And then I found out, uh, as time went on, that, that he got into drugs or never probably was ever out of drugs. Mm. I don't know. But he got in way, way worse. So, and then I, you know, somebody told me that he got clean and then he went back to it again. I'm like, I don't even want to know this stuff. People don't need to, I, don't, don't tell me you ran into so-and-so and they, t- I, I don't want to know. I Good. disconnect. Good. You know, Good. but, but, but I'm not going to say selfishly that I didn't enjoy hearing what a mess he was and I wasn't a part of that mess thank you God yeah because you look <laughs> at the fact that could have been me and I got out mm-hmm. I'm out I'm clean, yeah. clean. And, and, and believe me with all the drugs he engaged in I could have been an addict very easily yeah and that's what it was always trying. right there that's what he was trying to do but he wanted so to so I was stronger than I thought I think because I, I never not thought you were you are yeah <laughs> no, I'm saying I was stronger than I thought back yeah. then I, I think I must mm-hmm. have been somehow because I was always against all that stuff. You Good. Know? So. And you stand your ground. Yeah. You stand your ground. I did. And I'm so happy. I am friends still with a, a couple that I knew from way back then. And, um, excuse me. Mm-hmm. We got but how much work are you, have you thought about how much work it takes to get out? Mm-hmm. It is not easy to get out because physically, emotionally, and mentally, you have to pick yourself up and bring it up. All those things have to be in sync somewhere along the line to get out and not go back. Because yeah. so many women... Oh, I would women, never go back. Never. But you'd be I think surprised. my parents were afraid I would. I yes. never went back. But you'd be surprised never. how many uh, women leave. It's uh-huh. Some women take five, six times. Yeah. Everybody is different. And so... Well, I thank God I have my family to support yes, me. You had a very good foundation. And you know, my, my husband knows I did this tonight. I told you earlier. Yeah. And I'm not sure... He knows bits mm-hmm. and pieces because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when we met, we shared mm-hmm. some things from our pasts. Um, and I've, I've been with him long enough that he should get this by now. Um, I don't know that he fully understands how this helps for somebody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I think he's thinking in the back of his mind, why do you even talk about that? It was so many years ago. Oh, you'd be surprised. But, but you didn't live it. So if you yeah. didn't live it, don't. Don't try to tell me that you get it. No, you know, I, I'll get that. I'll get something to the effect of, "Well, why are you holding on to that?" Or what? You've you've met him. Yeah. You know, why are you holding on to that? Why why are you bringing that up now? Just let it go. You don't understand. Because I'm not you. I'm me, and I'm not gonna be somebody else. I'm gonna think and feel for myself. Yeah. I have never allowed anyone to to manipulate my feelings or tell me how to feel ever either. Good. Good. Another thing about it, people need to realize, regardless of how bad that relationship was or bad, that's eight years of your life, and it's a part of you. Mm-hmm. You can't just pretend that eight years never happened. Right. And I and, don't talk about this every day. You know, I haven't talked about it in a very, 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 yeah. very long time. So this was actually a nice... Yeah. Except for when I ran into him and yeah. got the closure, which was... Thank trust God. Me, it was good. It was a very celebratory <laughs> evening. <laughs> good. So... Good. So for all you people out there that are listening, um, if you can relate to anything I'm saying, uh, you know, I hope you can take something from my experience and uh, find your way, whatever it is. Yes, everyone keep in mind that, you know, the behavior 
of a person breaking you down, they start by love bombing you, making sure you know that they're there for you, they love you unconditionally, and they set you up for you to rely on them. And if that take place, they'll make little smart remarks, little negative remarks, but they always come back to the fact that they love you so much and they care so much. And you constantly get mixed signal, love, smart remarks, love, small, and then the smart remarks get bigger as the love gets smaller and the love start getting fragmented and a little confused. This is not love, but they constantly say it back and forth. And... It might not be exactly what I'm saying, but you'll get the drift. Now, you might have a family member in that situation. Don't alienate them. Try to be there, supportive. Yes, you're going to want them out to protect them. Give them the tool. Give them hints so they can understand what you're in. Because what it is, when nobody knows what's going on, it's hard to get someone to change if you can't even explain to them what's going on. And they don't know what's going on. You know, and they're not going to listen to themselves because they have lost trust in their own words and their own thought and feeling and decision-making process. So the best thing you can do for anyone in your life that is going through this, be patient, understand what's going on, and don't bully them to make a decision. Don't, don't you become the next controlling person to try to get them to leave. Because now you sound almost like that person because you're trying to control them and make them do it. Mm -hmm. There's other ways to get people to come around. And the first thing is to let them talk and not judge them. So with that being said, we're going to wrap it up tonight. And here we go. Remember, self-love and self-care with positive affirmation is feeding one mind, body, soul, and spirit. Remember, you are worthy of all good things that comes your way. And remember, everyone around you need love, want love. But sometimes, not everybody can give you that. But if when you love yourself, it's easier to identify when someone doesn't love you. And you won't strive for negative love. Easier said than done. Self-love and self-care is something that you have to do every day. It, you can't just take a course, take a class, you love yourself and you move on. You have to constantly working on yourself because the world is not nice out there. It's rough. So remember, self-love. Love yourself. Work on yourself. Feed your soul, mind, and spirit. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook. I'm on Facebook under self S-E-L-F, all caps, Survivor Empower Life Coach Financial. On Instagram, under Self, Transition Life Coach. Um, I am on Twitter, under Survivor Empower Life Coach Financial. I'm also on YouTube. I'm on TikTok. So, I'm on TikTok, under Self Journey, Self Care Journey, um, where I usually do walks and exercise and little snippets of my, part of my self care journey. And I'm Thank you all very much. Um, I'm a life coach. Hit up on my website, which is www.survivorempowerlifecoachfinancial.com. Um, I do coach. Um, I do have a variety of services I offer. Go to my website and you get to see everything, get to read up about me. Um, so thank you all for being on um, audience. Thank you for being out there. Remember, love yourself. And if you love yourself, you will receive love. Bye.